Good day, everybody! It's the In The Own Own Podcast! Podcast! Okay, you gonna be okay? Yeah, baby! I'm so glad this shit is over. Are you pumped? I don't think I've fully... I'm not even pumped. I'm just like, thank God. I don't think I've fully processed it yet. I'm not excited about it yet. I don't feel excited yet. My thing is, like, why the hell did this take so long? Right? It's like, this is what the holdout was for? Three years, seven mil? Like, is this above or below the range that anybody was, like, thinking that it would be? It's like, literally, it was, there was a dartboard, and they just threw a dart today, and it was like, perfect, let's do it. Okay, did you see this thing come out the other day, like, he was potentially getting offer sheeted? Bullshit to me. Yeah, negotiating, some posturing. Like, well, maybe BS maybe that helps speed along the deal. I, think I don't know. Maybe it's just bullshit posturing. Exactly. The agents end of things, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, we're gonna sign out. We're gonna sign an offer sheet. Mm, better sign. Okay, so let's break it down real quick. What the actual deal looks like? Three years, twenty-one million dollars total. Average annual value of seven million dollars for Mister Matthew Kachuk. What is that motherfucker's middle name? Can you close that window? I'm going to that close is the like, window. What do we got? An airplane? It's a train. Jeez Louise! Literally every time we sit down and record, seriously, it's like a delivery train truck, or a giant truck. I just want to find his middle name Some right sort now. Of earthquake or something? What is his middle name? Do you think? Oh, somebody posted it. I can't. Oh man, what was it? It's not Keith, is it? No. It's Brady. Shit. What the fuck? Why is it not on Wikipedia? I don't know. Okay, so okay. here's here's how the contract breaks down. Three years, $21 million total. Average annual value, $7 million. So, the signing bonus in year one is $4 million. That motherfucker gets $4 million today. 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 His base salary this year is $1 million. Total salary, $5 million. So what do you think? Do you think they write him a check? Probably, eh? Probably. You think, do you think Brad Tree Living signs the check? E-transfer. Or they probably have a secretary, hey? That it's probably some sort of accountant person. I don't know if it's Brad. Well, actually, we're going we're gonna to break this down. It's yeah. on our list of things to do. We're going to break down who does what in the organization. I guess it's probably the owners, eh? Who signed no, the check? It's, I bet you it's, the sec- it's like a treasurer or secretary Maybe. or something like that. Well, we are going to break all this shit down as soon as we figure it out. Yeah. Okay, so next season, he gets $3.5 million in base salary, $3.5 million in a signing bonus. Um, total salary of seven million, and then in the third year he gets a base salary of nine million dollars. Total salary nine million dollars, which so, means which means he'll be qualified the next year on his qualifying offer at nine million. And this is the latest craze. This is in like contract negotiation. One guy thought of this, and everybody is so hilarious. In the Have NHL. you seen this outside of this year? It was Timo no, Meyer was the first. It's literally Meyer was the first guy, and all the agents, GM, GMs, like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. That's cool and interesting idea. It's hilarious. Well, it is smart. I it guess is, it's smart, but it is smart on the contract on the agent side. It's of so funny how like one person does something creative and everybody copies it in the NHL. Well, if it's a good idea and it's smart, why wouldn't you? Yes. Anyways, like I mean, I think this is a fine deal. It's not great. It's not bad. It's fine. Okay, I feel like the reason why it took so long is because Tree Living I was probably wanting longer term. It was even reported the other day. Was it Elliot saying that Calgary and Chucky were talking was a four and five year deals? I wish it had been five or six years, but whatever. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Like I'm fine with it. I'm just glad it's done. If I yeah, I wish it was longer, but now that it's just done and over with. We can move on. We can finally get this season going. Okay, and here's the real interesting thing. You didn't move Froelich. You didn't move Brody. You didn't move Jankowski. If you told me we were starting this season with Chuck Sign and Brody and Froelich on the team, I'd be like, what are you talking about? How? And we did it. We did it. And maybe to the detriment of the team now, long term, now, but we did it. Now, 
The only way that's possible, though, is by putting Valimaki on the long-term injury reserve. Yeah, so as of today, we're actually over the cap by $658,000. Yep. But once Valimaki goes on long-term injury reserve, we'll be under. Yep. But you have no room to do anything. You don't have, like, nothing. Other than trades. And I don't know. I don't think... Okay. People are still thinking that either... Froelich or Brody might move. No, no chance. I think at this point, this is your team, and I like it. I like it too. I like this team. I really like having Froelich in the lineup. Yeah, after seeing him in preseason, I'm like, you know what? Sure, we could get we could get rid of this guy because yeah. we pay him up quite a bit of money. But fuck, he makes your team better. He's the kind of guy that you'd probably be looking to acquire at the trade deadline exactly. anyways. He's, he's on an depth, expiring deal. He's a depth guy. Depth guy. Can play in up and down your lineup. My only issue with him is that, and this was kind of where I was at last year, was he kind of takes a spot away from somebody that is part of your yeah is part of your almost not it's not like your core core I agree but like your secondary core I think Manji Pani would be better in his spot I think Dubé could be better in his spot Bennett so has shown you. that he may be better in that spot yeah. so okay let's get in this real quick I mean or you want to finish the Chucky no no like what is more to say on the Kachuk thing. Let's just like quickly break it down. Okay. So I think we were both hoping it'd be six years. So I think the problem, again, and this is, everybody knows this, a three-year deal, Johnny Gaudreau's up at the same time. He's going to be asking for a lot more. Yep. You could have you could have really got him in a bargain and signed and locked him up through his prime right now. But so, he didn't want to. He none, didn't want to, I these, guess. None of these RFAs. Except for Marner and... Which is interesting because out of all of them, he was like the guy that you would think would... I don't know. That whole... I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Every one of them is different. The thing is, it's done. It's totally out of our control. Yeah, and I think the cap will be way higher when he's up. Yeah. So we will have room. So all that... And again, this is... It's contingent upon this. Because everyone's like, oh, in three years, we'll have room and it'll be fine. We'll get him and Gaudreau signed. It will be fine if Tree Living is smart about his... How he manages the he finances literally, right now. He literally has zero room for any more... So he can't fuck up. He can't fuck up at all. Like, it's like this year, we have one bad contract. Because he's fucked up enough. And we had to sign him through a three-year deal. So he, the margin for error for True Living, because again, it's all well and good to say, oh, in three years, we'll be fine. And we'll have room to get him done. Unless True Living goes and fucks up a bunch again. So he's got to be very careful. Okay. That's, that's all I'll say. All right. Now, and because... The biggest thing with the cap most likely going up is the is this TV new deal. CBA and the TV deal. So, so what do you know about this TV deal? Because so, you were saying something interesting the other day. Yeah, Chris Johnson was on the fan the other day, and I think it's been everyone knows the TV TV deal has been coming. So all these RFAs know that way more money is going to be on the table. Because right now the TV deal is it's, it's terrible. Like a, it's a small fraction. It was like what two billion over ten years. Yeah, in the, in the, the M- states, the NBA makes more in one year. In TV deals than the NHL does in, in 10. ten, with both of this with with pretty much both of the Canadian and American combined, they make more. Yeah, which is nuts. So and they're up for a new deal. So they're up for a new deal. So in and this wh- in the states, they in are. which year? I think it's in two years, maybe. Well, the states. I think it's twenty. I think the states is the big one because if you oh, can lock huge. that down. Well, and the the, the Canadian one kind of stinks too, right? Because it's like five billion or something like that. Well, it's because Rogers owns everything, but it's in Canadian dollars too. Yeah. So that's why it's like really poor value. Um. So I think the current deal. So the current deal, TV deal. Um. It began in 2011, so it's actually done in 2021. So it was between NBC and the NHL, and it's two. Oh my God. It's two hundred million a season. That's ridiculous. A season. 
compare that to the NBA, it's over $2 billion a season. season. Yeah. Holy cow, that's brutal. So what Chris Johnson was saying is... So that's like a that's that's like a tenth of what the NBA makes. That's nothing in a season. That's nothing. So Chris Johnson was saying the new TV deal could see it being maybe valued at as much as like eight times as much. Well, and it should be. Oh, it like, totally you would, should You would be. think that bar minimum it should be. Yeah. Which is... So but, 10 times... But then this comes to like... There's so much room for improvement for the oh, league yeah. being able to act like to showcase its players, totally. showcase storylines, showcase stinks. rivals. The marketing does marketing stink. stinks in the NHL, yeah, especially in the states. It's like the games they have. It's like how NBC markets like oh rivalry night, Detroit, Chicago. It's like neither of those two teams have been relevant okay. for like three. The years. NHL needs to hire whoever's in charge of the Philadelphia fucking Flyers. Like the grit, like Kate Gritty, right? has been like the best story marketing line in the NHL. So He's bad. a fucking mascot. We should do a full thing on NHL marketing. So like even how they market the All Star Game, they have it's just fucking brutal. Well, we were complaining about this today. We don't play Edmonton until December. I know. Like who does that? Like I guarantee if you look at the NBA schedule, they have their marquee matchups keyed and like scheduled in a, a very algorithmic way. So when was the schedule released? Because I'm sure I think it was early summer. I'm sure it was done before a lot of this maybe off season. It doesn't matter. Trading though. acquisition happened. Like where it's like now you have to wait three months to see Edmonton and Calgary play. It's stupid. I don't get it. Like you, they should be playing back to back. They should be playing home opener, and there should be room for. They probably, I don't know. I guess they have to release the schedule earlier because yeah, they, they got to plan all the traveling. Yeah, but still, it's like dumb. It's stupid. Yeah, I mean, there's countless. Okay, we won't get into it. But there's countless numbers of things. Even the whole Ovechkin versus Crosby thing. They don't even do a good job of that. Well, again, like I said, like this is their thing. Detroit, Chicago rivalry night. It's like both of those teams suck. And it's like just because they're big TV markets. It's like they never get to see Connor McDavid play because they're so scared that nobody will watch the Oilers. It's like right? you have to market your stars here's, way better. Here's what you do. At the start of the season last year, did you see that game? It was Toronto versus Chicago. And Chicago, I think, was winning. And then Austin Matthews came down, tied up, and then went ahead. And he did the whole like jeering to the crowd. Like, yeah. Can't, like put yeah. his hand up put to his, his ear. Up to his ear. And then fucking Kane comes down two minutes later, scores, and does the same thing. That was amazing. Okay, like you take what happened there, and now you market that matchup. Exactly. The next time those guys play, now it's Kane versus Matthew Matthews, and both then, of whom are American, I may add. And then you amp up the whole taunting. Right. Who taunts better. Like those are storylines exactly. that are going to drive fucking. It's so weird. People's interest so weird that way, right? Like especially when they have so many good American players right now. Like think of the top players. It's in the true. Gaudreau, Matthews. This is the best. Kane. They have, oh, it's one of the best times for American-born players ever. And not that marketing to America is like the be-all, end-all goal here. But, I mean, that's where a lot of the money is. That's where the game has insane amounts of potential to grow. And they just do a really shitty job of it, I think. So, yeah. anyways. All right. So Side this, note. This, tangent. Yeah, this TV deal. So, um, the, TV de- the TV deal is a part of hockey-related revenue. So, that is revenue that the players and the owners split 50-50. So, an increase in that would increase the player's salary. And Chris Johnson was saying that it could increase the cap. So, the cap is based on hockey-related revenue. So, the cap fluctuates based on how much revenue. Yeah. And right now, it's 81? 81.5 million. Okay. So, add in $2 billion a season to that. That's a lot. That could be an increase of... And this this was just 
Chris Johnson estimating. So don't take this as like fact. He was saying it could be upwards of like $25 million increase on the salary cap per season for each team. Yeah. That's an extra 25 mil. So in player prob- salary. So available. probably a conservative number there is like even like 12 million. Even like 12 to 20 But million. if you're looking at right now, it's the most it's going up is like 3 million. I mean, that's not much difference. It's goes so incremental. So yeah. if it goes up to even as conservative as 12 million. Yeah, that's still a that's shit ton of money on the cap on the for the for the players to make money. Yeah. So that's why these guys are waiting because there's going to be tons more money available. Yeah. So back to tree living again, we may have $25 million in cap room coming up to sign these guys. But again, you can't go blowing your water on guys. So he's got to manage the cap properly over the next few years, over the next three years. Yeah. Because everyone's like, Oh, you have Gaudreau and uh, like, but the, but the great thing is, is if you look at this team now, if you look at the roster on paper, yeah, there's like there's no weakness. There's no there's no like outside of maybe another top line center, which you do another have top six guy, which you do have an option in. You yeah. have lots of options within the roster that can fill that role. I so I think we can fill it internally, mm-hmm. but it's not like something like even at the start of the year, like oh we're gonna have to probably fill this roster spot. Yeah. Even when you come down to the trade in, like oh we really need to fill like we're solid. Yeah, there's a lot of depth. I don't know if there's a lot of high end talent. Like you have the high high end talent. You got your top line. But then I think there's like there's probably yeah there's probably well, half of a second line and then like two or three third lines yeah worth you, of you have depth yeah the thing that you've said is like even if one guy whether it be Mangiapane Bennett or Dubé or maybe even Zarnik if these guys even have somewhat of a breakout season and like start to actually solidify okay yeah. we're a top six guy it'd be huge that solves a huge problem because like you saw last year right like. Guys had breakout years. Like, okay, Gaudreau and Monaghan did have career years, but I don't think they were necessarily breakout years. No. But Lindholm had a breakout year, yep. and it propelled us, like, not solely, but it was one of the reasons we were the best I, team I in the West. I would Gio had a breakout year. He had a, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like, two guys have breakout years, Yep. you're all of a sudden a contender for the Stanley Cup. This is on the... This is with Mike Smith playing atrocious. Right, yes. During pretty much the entire exactly. season. Exactly. So... Yeah, hopefully somebody can break out. But I like how it's looking. So here's what do, what do you want to do? Break down okay. the lines. How yeah. They would look so or? now that Chucky is solidified, because last night, so what's the date? Wednesday, September 25th. Chucky signed this morning at like 6:30 a.m. And so last night they played. They hosted Winnipeg Jets. It was it was kind of the flip reversal of the first home and home where we had pretty much no NHL players playing. And now last night, same thing. Winnipeg had no NHL players playing, but we had pretty much the full squad. Outside of Chucky, we had the full squad. Yeah. So now that Chucky's coming in, who's coming out? But more importantly, what does the second line look like? Because either Bennett bumps down or Felique bumps down. I feel like based on the way that the season ended off and the playoffs ended, I think the intention was, okay, we want to rely more on Bennett. We want to give him more of an opportunity. We want to give him more of a chance to actually be that top six guy. And so far through camp, he's... He's he looks a, good there. That line has been good. He's been producing. Yeah. So I, I, if I'm Bill Peters, I stick to that. I want to see Bennett with Backlund and Chucky. Or maybe Chucky goes to the top line. But I still feel like I don't want to bump Bennett just yet. Yeah. Because... And that's where coming back to this whole Froelich thing... The guy, he kind of takes a spot on your roster where it's just like, he's a utility guy. 
So well, I think he's more. I think he's better than Zarnik on your in your lineup right now. I think he's better than Jankowski in your lineup. Personally, I think he's better than Lucic in your lineup. So I think it's just where he slots now. Okay. Now I agree. I agree with you, but I feel like Lucic brings a different element to the game. Yeah, and he's going to be in the lineup regardless of whether I like it or not. So yeah. So I agree with probably Jankowski for a leak and Zarnik. Those guys maybe they kind of alternate and flip through who's yeah. sitting out, who's not. But I, I don't like Froelich on the second line if Bennett can perform yep. and contribute the way we've seen agree, him so far. Yeah, so your top line probably rolls out the same. So then your second line is probably Kachuk back with Bennett, right? I would start with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then your third line, I don't know. I So Lucic played last. I liked last night's third line. Yeah, he played good last night. And honestly, I, I don't like him getting third line minutes ahead of Dubé. But I do like him playing with Ryan and Mange more than I like him playing with Jane Kelsey. Yeah. And in case you missed the game, that was the lineup last night. Ryan centered Lucic and Mangiapane. Yeah. And um, honestly, like, Lucic looked he good was, last he night. He was good last night. He did not Again, against slow. the AHL Winnipeg Jets team, but still. But regardless of who they were playing, his foot speed yeah, wasn't, wasn't alarming. He looked okay. Yeah. So then I would probably go, what you probably would see is, I don't know, because where, where does that fit Mange then? Do you have Lucci trying for Leak or Lucci trying Mangipani? I prefer Mangipani there. I know. This is the thing. It's just, This is the dilemma I saw last year was like, for Leak kind of fucks up your lineup. Yeah. Because no matter which way you slice it, but maybe, well, he does and he doesn't. Because whatever line, he seems to make it better. Yeah. But then what do you do with the rest of the exactly. team? Exactly. Because then you probably go, so if you go Lucci, Ryan, Mange, then you probably go Dubé, Janko, Frolik, right? Yeah. And then Zarnik, so. Yeah. yeah. And I, I personally don't mind Frolik on the fourth line. I don't mind it. I don't like Dubé on the fourth line personally, but. Yeah. But then it's a matter of one of those things. So you've seen this more and more. The whole one line, two line, three line, four yeah. line is not so much utilized the way it used to. No. And I think the way you break down as a coach and this is how I would do it. I would get guys like you tracking minutes on players. And I'd say, okay, Johnny was phenomenal tonight. Like he was clicking. How many minutes did he play? Right? And I've, hear, I've heard Bill allude to this before. So if Johnny, you find like that sweet spot when he plays around, let's say it's 16 minutes a game. Right, yeah. He plays like he's in the fabric of the game. Like that's, how, that's where we need to get him at. Right? And then you go through the the team and figure out how much ice time these guys need. And, and then it, and then it's kind of like, now you're doing a mathematics. Yeah, thing. Almost an algorithm. Like, now it's like an algorithm. Yeah. yeah. Off the ice, you're like, okay, when I go into the game plan and then you have to account for power play, penalty kills, yeah. that always screws things up. But I, like I feel like that's how you have to structure this lineup on who plays what and where, because it's not a one to fourth line. Any, yeah. any no, one of those no. lines can contribute. Yeah. Very smart. Very, Very interesting. So yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, I'm really curious to see how the lines shake down. I think the other thing we're curious to see is if Kachuk does play on the top line. I would like to see it happen. I'd like to, like to see it. Me too. I think that frees him up a bit more offensively. Again, he's the best play driver on the team. But I think if he's given the opportunity to play with Kadroa Monaghan, maybe get a few more offensive zone starts, get some more looks offensively, like he could be even that much more effective. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know, and that's what you got. See, well, that's what you saw get exposed in the playoffs last year. Joel Monahan shut down. Second line couldn't score, and they were trying to shut down the McKinnon line, and nobody else could score. Yeah, well, like you said earlier today, first line shut down. The second line was so focused on shutting down McKinnon. Yeah, 
that like they were hemmed in their own end the whole time. And then your your third and fourth lines were they were, not, they were fine, but I mean you can't expect them to do the bulk of your scoring. So no, I think if you can spread out your offense a little more or make that top line more, even more lethal, then you okay. I think that could be a big positive. So then let's come back to the center conversation because that seemed to be a area that they identified, yeah. whether it be Bill Peters or Brad Tree Living or both, that they needed to address was the center depth because that's the reason why they went out and tried to get Nazem Kadri. Yeah. So now that's the also the reason why they're talking about they want to try Lindholm at center. Yeah, we've heard it a few times. Whether or not you think that's a good idea, Bill has mentioned it. They've mentioned it. Mate, what about Lindholm at center? See, to me it makes sense because we were saying this earlier. Okay, justifiably you have Monaghan and Backlund are like, you know they're kind of like your number one and two centers. Outside of that, who even who do we even know plays a center role permanently? Right, like maybe Derek Ryan, but he was kind of in and out of there last season. And at best, like you, you would say looking at last season, he was a fourth-line center. Yeah, so depth down the middle, not even depth, it's more like, I don't even know what it is. We it's, don't it's, have a ton of center. It's like they right don't, now. they haven't solidified. Yeah. A roster spot where that's like a go-to position. Exactly. And that's what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to do that internally, which I think we can, because you have all these guys that have, that have played center. Dubé, Lindholm. Even Ryan. Bennett, Bennett. Even Bennett. There's four guys right there. Yeah. So now do you split up Lindholm? I don't know. I would be more, I would be less... I don't know. I would be hesitant to split Lindholm up there because if it's center, I would be more interested in putting Kachuk on the top line. Yeah. Without putting Lindholm at center, because based say those are your four options. Yeah. Who do you like? Where? Like who's gonna be? Who'd be your third pick for a center? I personally like Derek Ryan there. Okay. Or I like Dylan Dubé there. Okay. And and if they're on, they could easily play on the same line. I think I like slotting Backlund down. In the lineup a bit, yeah. But like I just, I just don't see anybody doing a better job as the second line center than him, who's on the lineup currently. Like maybe Lindholm could do it, but yeah. I'm not 100 percent sold. Yeah, and but why is that? Because he does, because he's such so great. Because Backlund's so great two way. Because if you look at it from production numbers, it's not like he's really putting out. He's almost he almost just barely makes yeah. the grade in terms, in terms of, of offensive output. Yeah, yeah. But he's so good two way, mm-hmm. so that's why he's like he's kind of in this weird. I I, I don't know. I kind of feel like because traditionally, and this is what you said. You broke it down earlier. That's where we got into trouble in the playoffs. Traditionally, your third line is your shutdown line. Yeah. Because if your second line, which should be producing and contributing production, if they're so focused on the shutdown role that they can't do that. Now you're left to just your top line contributing. Yeah. And if they get shut down... Well, then if your third line isn't a scoring threat, that's even worse because that's what we saw, right? Yeah. The second line was playing so much defensively. Not that they can't score, but they were playing so much defensively. But then the third line couldn't score either. So then you're in real trouble. And if the top line is getting shut down, you have three lines that aren't scoring. Big yeah. time trouble. Yeah. So you, you can have Backlund on that line... With all the defensive responsibilities, but yeah. then your third line really needs to come through. And this is one of those things, kind of like for a league, it's kind of like, does Backlund almost screw things up right. because you don't have a centerman that's actually legit better slots as a second line center? Yeah. So I don't know. I'd like, I'd, I'm not crazy about putting Lindholm as your second line C, but I'd be curious. 
And then do you want to see him on a third line? Because now you're reducing his minutes. And now, yeah. now you're maybe not maximizing what you could utilize him for. Yeah. It's kind of a conundrum. It is a conundrum. Yeah. It's now, a, the good part about it is that... It's a good that, conundrum. Not a good conundrum. Well, the good part about it, if you things. break it down, is that that conundrum got you second overall in the league. Exactly. But that same conundrum... You saw get exposed in the playoffs. And we were bounced in five games. Yeah. Lost four straight. Fuck. So... I don't know. Bill Peters has some some mental gymnastics to figure out. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the way he does that is what I proposed, is that you have to break down each individual first. Yeah, for sure. And I know he likes working with pairs. pairings. So now if you expand that into pairings, maybe you have to like build out your lines from that first. From pairings, yeah. No, I agree. So I'm really curious. I think the lines start out as they were last year, but I think Bennett's in for a leak spot. That's what I would do, yep. Yeah. And then I think you see Lucci's Ryan Mensch, and then I think you see Dubé, I guess Jankowski, and probably Frelik slash Zarnik. Okay. Now, Jankowski is a centerman. Is he? Right? Like, why? <laughs> Technically. Like, why? Right now, to start, if I like, I think I said this, but if I'm starting the season today, Jankowski's on the outside looking Me in. too. I'm putting, I'm putting Dubé in the middle on that fourth line. Yeah. If it's my lines, my bottom six look like this. I have Dubé with Ryan and Manj, and I have Lucic with Zarnik and Frolik. And uh, I guess that's that, that's just how they slot. You wouldn't roll it out that way. But I would have those three are my bottom three. And, like, I, Jankowski has shown me nothing. He's done no. nothing for me. Yeah. Zero. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So I would have him. He's my 13th guy to start the year. Zarnik's been better. Dubé's been way better. Lucic has been better. Everybody has been better. Pro yeah. League has been better. So, Jankowski's my 13th to start the season. And I don't know, Bill's sending this message to Dubé and shit. Uh, everybody's like, oh, Dylan Dubé needs to get a fire lit out under his butt. But what about Jankowski? Come on! Right? Like, somebody was saying it on Twitter. Like, is, is it okay, another earthquake happening? Apparently, there's a goddamn earthquake out there. Like, somebody was saying, somebody was not impressed with Bill. Like, why does Bill hate on Dubé so hard? Right? I mean, maybe, maybe it's a thing. I don't know. Like, last year... He didn't come up when we thought he should. Yeah. And then already this season's Bill's kind of saying... Like, why is he picking on him? He's been like... I And Wills is going on about the radio this morning. And the guy from the fan yesterday... Oh, we start today. Dubé's in the minors. It's like, what are you talking about? He's literally been the best forward at camp this season. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, are you guys... You just have such a hate for young players? Like, what are you talking about? And then not only that, but then you compare it like... Why doesn't he ever say anything about Jankowski? I've never heard anyone be critical, unless we're the only ones. But, like, everybody... Like, Jankowski is, like, unnoticeable at camp this season, right? I noticed him maybe once last night. And maybe they're not saying anything because they're still going to trade him. Because he was the other piece in the TJ Brody, uh, Nazem Kadri deal. Right. So they've obviously identified him as a piece that is pretty expendable. So, I don't know. And I mean, that's a positive thing as a fan, like, in our situation, is that... The guys that were like, Jesus, are you kidding me? These are probably your two weakest links. Tree Living, Tree Living had a, a trade shipping the two weakest links out. Yeah. But then it got shut down. So to me, at least that's a good sign is that the evaluation of the team is pretty much on par with what, we're, what we are seeing. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe you're right. Maybe the rest of it is just posturing. Like maybe they're, they're continuing to... To put Brody in that top pairing for now because maybe they are shopping him around. I don't know. Who knows? And maybe it's the same thing with Jankowski. I don't know. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. 
Okay, the other lines you saw last night. Um, yeah, Dubé, Jankowski, Zarnik, Lucic, Ryan, Jumanji, Apani. Um, D pairings, Geo played with Brody again. Shillington and Anderson, they look good. They look good. As a pairing. Totally. I like them together, man. Like if that's if that's our if those are the pairings to start the season, I'm totally okay with that. They look Bro- good. Brody played decent. He was fine. He had a few errant passes, but that's the usual. That's the usual. And then uh, Riddick looked pretty solid. Riddick looked solid. Didn't have much to do, but yeah, he was good. Didn't get tested much. Nope. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have what you got? Two more. You got two more games. Um, so we you, play Edmonton. You play the Sharks tomorrow, and then you play the Oilers on Saturday, and then it's time. It's the, it's time. It's time, baby. It's Bruce Buffer. It's time. I'm it's time, so baby. pumped. So we probably you're saying won't see Chucky tomorrow because it's a quick turnaround. Well, he, he flies in today, I guess. Um, he'll probably have to do his medical and physical testing and shit. So I very much doubt he's getting on a plane to fly to San Jose tomorrow. Um, so I don't know. I very much doubt you see him tomorrow. I I could be proven wrong, but I you'll see him against Edmonton last game, last preseason game of the year, and then we're going maybe. So okay. I, I very much doubt you'll probably see all the PTOs, a lot of young guys tomorrow. But I can't imagine Kachuk plays tomorrow. Okay, so tomorrow's Thursday. What is Saturday the, the Edmonton game? Yeah. Okay, so that'll be interesting. You'll, you'll probably see the two squads face off. Yeah. Uh, practice today, let's see. Practice today, the lines were the usual, except you saw the third line skating was Quine, Ryan, Reeder. Okay, so they did have Johnny, Monty, Lindholm still. Yeah. Bennett back in for a league. I don't know, man. I think they're going to stick with Bennett. I think they're going to move for a league. I think so, too. I don't know. I've really, I would. I have liked it. And again, I have not been a proponent of putting Sam in the top six, but he's looked good playing with back on this top this season. Well, pre-season. he looked good in the playoffs. Yeah. He's looked good in the preseason. And he was doing what he needs to do to be successful there, like his goal last night. Yeah. He's in front of the net. Scored another goal. Scored a close-in goal, like the kind of goals you would you saw Sam Bennett score when he first arrived on the scene in Calgary. Yeah, even that goal that Frelick scored in like the yeah. first, like that was a great little play by by Bennett to find him. So yeah. I I don't know, I'm fine with Bennett there right now. Me too. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, but I think yeah, I think I think he's earned that spot there. Okay, interesting. They got the third line in practice today is Quine, Re- Ryan, and Reader. Yeah. So they were saying on the well, Wills was saying, oh, I think they should sub- ta- sign Tobias Reader because he's been better than Dubé. I'm like, what are you talking about? No. There's no way in hell Reader's getting a contract unless it's on a two-way deal. Here's the thing, from what I've seen, which is not a lot, it's just preseason games, Reader. Can skate in the NHL. He can keep up keep up with the play. He's probably an NHL player. He can yeah. He can play in 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 the NHL game. But can he produce? And is he like you're up against the cap right now? You're not going to be wasting another roster spot contract to this guy. So no, there's no way he gets a contract. Yeah. So in fourth line, they got Dubé, Jankowski, Manji, Apani. What do you think of that? What do you think of Dubé with? I would like to see that actually. I don't mind that. I would like to see what that looks well, like. Well, one of my one of my ideas was if you do end up putting Lindholm on the second line, maybe you roll Lindholm Dubé Mangiapane as your second line. That's gets me going. If those two guys can be legit, yeah, middle six guys and you could roll Gaudreau, here's my dream. <laughs> Gaudreau, Monahan, Kachuk, yep. Mangiapane, Dubé, Lindholm. Backlund Bennett for Lee. Dubé in the middle or Lindholm in the middle? I'd have Dubé in the middle. But they could... They could swap out on the Yeah, because Dubé's lefty. Yeah. You could do what Monahan and Lindholm do right Lindholm's now. Lindholm's a righty. Okay, sorry. Who's your third line? And my third line is Backlund Bennett for Lee. Okay. And those would be interchangeable. Maybe your second line's back. Yeah. Okay. So if Dubé and Monge can prove they can they can 
play in that kind of role, that would be unbelievable. Because really, all you're asking for that to happen is similar in Tampa Bay, where you got Johnson and Point. They come exactly. out of nowhere, yeah. and now they're like NHL guys, totally. and now they're getting contracts. So it's kind of a very similar situation to that. So I think best case scenario, you could see that. That would be three fantastic ones, I think. And then the fourth fifth line, the yeah. fifth line here. This is Pat Steinberg, basically just an extra line: Lucic, Zarnik, Ronaldo slash Smith, Pelly. So interesting to see Lucic slot down. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. And then they still have Gio with Brody. This McDonald, I don't know. If, I'm kind of a little nervous they're going to give him a contract. I don't think they will because they signed Stone, but I'm a little nervous. I do not want to see him there getting minutes over Shillington. I really don't. Okay. He's not impressed me at all. The other thing that happened two or three days ago is they signed Pelche to his entry-level contract. Yep. And we were just discussing this earlier. All that really means is as soon as he starts playing NHL games, his yeah. contract takes effect. Yeah. So he might... Um, so ELC slide until they start playing games. Yeah. And then does the ELC renew? Like say he doesn't start playing NHL for two or three years. Does the ELC... It'll kick in as soon as he starts playing. And will it be at a new minimum? Or, uh, or no, will... it'll be at what he signed it for. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Which is like 925K. Okay. So that was kind of the other news that news there. And then, I don't know, you want to touch on the Besser thing? Well, the hit? Yeah. Yeah, that was a fucking dumb hit. Besser, this was last night or two nights ago? Two nights ago. He got hit by Chris Tierney of the Senators. Really bad hit. And he looks like he could be in injury trouble. He's had injury trouble. Concussion protocol. Yeah. He's not going to start the season most likely. So, I hate that. That was a really dumb hit. What was with that? Well, the thing is, like, it's preseason. I know. Why are you... Like, he just he literally, like, boarded him from behind. It was one of the most blatant boards I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It's a so, ridiculous. Yeah, that could be trouble. I hope he gets suspended regular season games. Okay. But we'll let's, see. Let's pull up our first kind of week of, of games here. I know you were playing in Colorado game one. Yeah. And then we're back at home to host Vancouver. Vancouver, right? baby! So Vancouver. We're going to host Vancouver for the game opener. Same as last year. Yeah, that was a hell of a game, eh? That was. Were you there? I was there. No, I was there. That was there. a great home opener, baby. Yeah, that was great. Was it Lindholm scored the winner? Lindholm scored that sweet cross-ice power play goal. That was Fuck, sick. that was nice. So, yeah, we're in Colorado on Thursday the 3rd. Yeah, baby. Next week, baby. Next week. Next week, tomorrow, will be hockey season. A week tomorrow. And then we're playing at home to Vancouver on Saturday. And then we play at home to LA. So, two home games. Um, and that's on the 8th. And then you go on your first road trip. Road trip to Dallas, Vegas, San Jose. Those will be interesting. I'm really curious to see what Vegas looks like. You know what? Those three games will be a, a real early litmus test. Yeah. Three, probably the three, like, are those the three teams in the West you'd slot ahead of Calgary right now? Potentially, yeah. For me, they would be. Because I don't know about St. Louis. They just, I don't know. What are they doing signing Falk to such a big deal? It was weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know about Which Nashville. Which we were just comparing. Yeah. Chucky got, makes only half a mil more than Falk. Well, that's why it's so stupid. Everyone's like, he makes more than Braden Point. It's like, Kachuk is more valuable to the Flames than Point is to the Lightning, right? Yeah. So, no problem. It's not a comparable. Because, yeah, you sl- I would slot down. I would have the teams I have challenging Calgary for top in the West would be Dallas, Vegas, and San Jose. I don't know if I have any of the, any of the other central teams. No. St. Louis Maybe, is still we'll a question see how Nashville comes out to start. It's Nashville and St. Louis, probably. But it looks Minnesota like, sucks. Winnipeg is in big-time trouble. They're in trouble right now, yeah. So, I don't know. And then you have a, you host a couple Eastern teams. you got Philly, Detroit. Then you go on a quick little L.A. Anaheim tour. Some weird games in the first month, eh? Yeah. You see Washington. You see Florida. 
That's those are two weird teams. Yeah, again. I'm. It's I'm gonna be curious to see Florida with Bobrovsky and all the moves they've made. Yeah, and then you go on a weird. That's a really weird road trip. You go to Winnipeg, go to Carolina, going to Winnipeg. That's a Heritage Classic. Is it? Oh shit! It is. Wow, it's in September. For some reason, I thought it was in October. It is October. Holy fuck! Wow. What is wrong with me? <laughs> oh my god! It's October 2019. I'm getting old. I'm gonna be dead soon. I'm gonna die alone. And then you go to Carolina and Nashville to round out the October schedule. So, so what o- is the game you're most o- looking forward o- okay. to? Okay, October is a little weird. It's a little look at look it's how all over the place. It's literally all over the place. Your home game, you don't have any real home stands. No, you have you have three home stands, the, all of which are two games. The most you play at home is two games in a row. Yeah, you got three times. You got these. Uh, yeah, that's a busy month. They have the week of the 13th to the 19th, and the week of the 20th to the 26th. You play eight games. And look at that. They go. Dallas, Vegas, San Jose, come back home, and then do LA, Anaheim. Yeah, it's stupid. And obvi- and then you got LA, Anaheim. Then you got the back. outdoor game on get, the weekend, and look, then you go to Carolina. Look at that, you Nashville. Have, you have two back to backs to start off the month. Yeah. You get Vegas, then San Jose. That's going to be a tough back to back. That's really tough. <laughs> That's probably okay. Looking at the schedule, that's probably your toughest. This is a tough day. stretch. Well, then look at this. You play you play four games a week between the 13th and the 26th. That's got to be the maximum game. There's no okay. Literally, there's no flow outside of that three game road trip. There's no flow to that schedule. You play nine games in like what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty. You play nine games in fifteen days in the sec in the middle weeks of October. Yikes! That's gonna be tough. I mean, the the good thing about that is, is you're fresh. Yeah. The season and it's nice to play a lot of hockey up front. Yeah, maybe. So maybe that'll help. But it is all over the place. It's like back and forth and back. There's no flow to it. Yeah, maybe. So they're gonna have they're gonna have to they're gonna have they're, to be going right off the, the hop. thing is when there's no flow, you're kinda going uphill. So they're gonna have a little bit you gotta overcome that little Let's go, baby. I'm sick of preseason. Let's get it going. Okay, which game are you looking forward to the most? I wanna see the Hurricanes. Can't wait. Um, I mean, I'll be I'm curious to see Vegas. That's probably the game I'm really interested in the most. To okay. be honest. But as a fan, I think the Vancouver one is what I'm looking forward to. I don't know. We're going to whoop Vancouver. I'm looking forward to Are the Vegas though? game. I because really am. Van- Vancouver, always, we always, they always seem to like... Be better than they should. Against us. Oh. And Markstrom always plays, like stands on his head when we play. We're going to light that bitch up. I'm looking forward to seeing the Vegas-San Jose back-to-back because those are the two teams like they scare... The- Vegas scares the shit out of me. I think we're a little better than San Jose, but I don't know. Dallas always bores the hell out of me. Dallas is usually boring. Game one should be interesting. Yeah. You got the rematch with Colorado. What do you think happens there? Mm, nothing. I think we lose. We always lose the we always lose the opener. If they win against Colorado, I'll be so stoked. They almost like they need to do that. Yeah. That's what what do you call it? That's like an internal That's like a yeah. What's it called when you're work I don't know. Morale. It's a morale booster. Yeah, morale booster. We gotta <laughs> beat cool. those bitches down. We gotta beat those guys. Like five nothing. Yeah. And then you ha- honestly you have to be Philly and Detroit at home. Yeah, oh absolutely. Those are two must win games. You got it, yeah. So Okay. One last question. We're in Anaheim. Are we gonna lose again? No chance, baby. You were gonna win that game. That's over, motherfucker. We're done with that shit. Thanks to Glenn Galton. Okay, if Glenn Galton did one thing right. He put that fucking, whatever that troll thing was. Was that him? Who, the voodoo, yeah. No, wasn't it just last year that they did it? I no, don't think no, it was No, that Galton. was Glenn Galton. Was it? Okay. Because they didn't win that time last year. All right. Didn't they? No, they broke they, it with Galton. Oh, that's true. 
Yeah. Thanks, Glenn. Okay, cool. That's it for news. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Let's go, baby. Let's get this shit going. So what are we doing? We got coming up. We're gonna do a Pacific Division preview. We're gonna do a front office breakdown. We're gonna do a media breakdown. Calgary media and maybe some other shit. <laughs>